Yo, and welcome back to the Lake of Rage podcast. This is episode 107, I believe. Um, we're going a little out of order. I am not Mellow Magikarp. I'm Boosie K, uh, Grant Matthew in real life, uh, filling in for Mellow this week. And I've got a very special guest. He is the most recent regional champion in North America, and he's not even from here. Whoa! Whoa! Uh, I have Henry Brand. Hello. Hi. And we are here in person. This is the first in-person recording of the Lake of Rage podcast. So milestones all about. Yeah, we are breaking new ground. Brand new ground. Brand David. new ground. Yes. Yeah. Very punny. All right. Henry, what do you think? You're the champ. That's me. That's you. It's good. Well, I was saying this. I was about to say this before yeah. you cut me off, like saying... Enough talking, wait for the podcast. Um, so I was saying, it's been a slight adjustment because last weekend, you know, I mean, I've won Worlds before, but last weekend, compared to Australian events where you kind of know everyone, like, you know, I'm friends with everyone or like, regardless of that, like, people know me. Last weekend, I feel like I was incognito. I felt yeah. like I was I just started playing again. Like, you know, um, it was really nice, actually. Like, not that, I, not that I usually mind people coming up and saying hello. It's obviously really nice, but a little bit of like, almost placidness to the tournament and, uh, you know, my opponents just talked to me like I was a regular person and there's no pressure. It was really relaxing. And then today, you know, I've just checked in and it's like the complete opposite yeah, again. So good. we're back to the main, That's good. the normal thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, last week it was interesting. You know, it, it did have that calm effect for being a, a large tournament. But when, you know, when you compare it to Worlds that you won, Worlds was a tiny event when yeah. you think about it, right? So... Yeah, twelve hundred people says a lot. Yeah, but by player size, not really. Yeah, and so you get a lot of uh, locals. I I was just outside and we're walking down the street and hearing them talk about like this one's you know, uh, going to be bigger than San Jose. Now I didn't play at San Jose. That was what probably five years ago now. Mm. And they're like, well, that was a bigger. You know, hearing people talk about these events and how much they've grown, but uh, for you to come across and just take down a twelve hundred person events pretty special yeah i mean it's it's super special we don't have that many players in australia yeah right it's just so it's a different vibe regardless of and i kind of point this out like any comments i make on this is really got nothing to do with difficulty or player caliber or anything like that it's just a completely different vibe yeah and it's also a different skill set that you need really because when you're playing in australia you don't quite need the stamina that you do for long tournaments um and i mean i was particularly worried about that you know well, i've got to play nine rounds day one and then i got to wake up crack a dawn the next day yeah. and I'm going to play another nine if I want to win the whole thing. And I was, you know, I mean, it's got me before that, you know, you get to the end of the tournament, I make just like the stupidest mistake that I would never make. Like they're not, they're not, like they are mistakes because you've done something wrong, but they're so like dumb that it's like not even quantifiable as something that you can control other than being less tired. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. human nature, right? Yeah. At that point, like, like you were saying earlier, um, you didn't get out of there till 830. Yeah. You know, I was already home. You know, I was, I was almost home flying back. Um, and that, you know, that is good practice for you, I guess. Mm. As you're a top player, I'm not. Um, I'm trying to be. Not yet. Not yet. One day. Uh, but going through all this, and now you get to see it again this week. Are you ready to go? I know, okay, I'm going to, before we get into things too much, uh, Henry's already talked about his run and Paldea evolved on two other podcasts, uh, CLO's Network and Tag Team. 
So if you want to hear about that, you can go there. We'll shout out those guys. Great listens. Uh, we're going to get into stuff here that's not covered on there. We're just going to really get into it later. But um, I want to break down this little trip that you have. You're chasing your points, right? You're trying to lock up the top four. Um, yes and no. I think it's... I want to, I want to emphasize now... I've had an interesting journey with Pokemon over the last year. I mean, over the last several years of it, really. Yeah. But um, I really stopped enjoying it during the Lugia format. Um, didn't enjoy it terribly much. I didn't enjoy playing Lugia. And I, ever, like, I, I was like, all right, I'll play it. But after that, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm just only going to play things that I enjoy from now on. And I didn't have a deck that I enjoyed last format. So I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to go to the regionals. So I didn't go to Perth. And then I commentated Sydney. And... I thought, you know what, I'm, like now I'm going to approach the game that whenever I play, I want to want to play. And yeah. So when I'm motivated, I feel like I'm going to do better naturally. I'm just going to have a fun time and I'm just going to have a better like attitude towards it. So new sets out, pretty cool. Um, and I got my world's invite uh, before like coming in this or anything. So I wasn't chasing day two, but I was going to go to NAIC because I wanted to play some Pokemon. Um, I wanted to visit my family. And then I saw there was a regional like in, in Fresno. So I was like, you know what? To fly from Australia, I've got to go Australia to the West Coast to go through anyway. So I was like, all right, I'll go through and do that. And then there was another one the week before um, in Milwaukee. So I was like, you know what? It's already so expensive from Australia that it's so little to add on these flights. Really, it was like a couple hundred dollars more than it would be just round trip to Columbus, um, which I was like, you know, why not? I've got friends I can stay with. Um, and so I did it. And now, as a result, I am now chasing top four. But it was never the intention well, quite so much as paid, it would be like a bit of a pipe dream. Yeah, yeah, you paid for a little bit of your trip. Yeah. You know, uh, you said you sold your boxes earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, and obviously the accolades and all of that. Yeah, I mean, the I think I've made my money back on the trip now, um, like just after the thing. But then also now I'll probably get the trip to Brazil and hopefully be able to get day two now. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit about the points race mm-hmm. in Australia. Sure. So that wasn't the goal per se. I, did you know, I, I think you talked about on, was it one of the two podcasts mm. that you're, you were in fifth? And no, some, I was all the way down. Oh, all the way down. But somebody's going to be bumped that they aren't coming to NAIC? So someone's in fourth at the moment who's not coming to NAIC and I'm about 35 points behind them. And their maximum with Cups and Challenges is about 560, and I'm now on 470. No, oh, that's rough. So we're getting, we're getting close. Um, but I was on 190 maybe about a month ago. Yeah. Went to two Challenges, won those. Went to the only cup I could go to, won that. Um, and now went to Milwaukee, won that. And yep. I think um, whilst all these rounds are very, very happy, I think some of them were obviously a bit bittersweet as well to see <laughs> some day two chances get a bit <laughs> messed up. I think, I think people get scared when, when you're hot like this. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I think it's a weird thing. It's, it's always just going to be a tournament. I could just get unlucky. and it's Well, yeah, that do, happens. But like great, when, but... when one of the top players is feeling it, like you said, find a deck you like yeah. and just feeling it, that's kind of scary. Yeah, and I like Gardevoir. So I, I was always a bit worried about the Lost Zone matchup way before I started playing it like a ton. And then went to a challenge, beat the Lost Zone matchup twice. Like pretty good players. This isn't that bad. And I played another challenge, beat it again. Played a cup, beat it again a couple times. Played a regionals, beat it a bunch of times. 
Can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, you talked about the matchup on one of the other podcasts too. Like you said, you know, waiting to evolve the EX. Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff you can do. It's it's really interesting. It's just the fact that it's slightly unfavored is because sometimes you just don't draw well enough early game to compete, and you get kind of shot down. But. Yep. But who's who's unfavored? Like, what are we basing that off of? Like your playtesting, mm-hmm. my playtesting, online results, tournament results. Because as we've seen, Kyogre is really good. Yeah. But it's top heavy. The people that are playing it are really, really good. Yeah. I I was saying in, in our Discord earlier, if I see a Kyogre, I feel pretty confident. Like yeah. they're not Azul in his group, you know? So is it like is it really that tough of a matchup? As long as you know the you know, ebbs and flows of of, of the match? Yeah, it's not too bad. The Greninja is the scary part. The fact that you can yeah. just sometimes get a bit board wiped if you draw a bit weak, but it's okay. I mean, I feel like if you, it's a matchup where if you play well, if you play better than your opponent, you're probably going to win. Yeah. Um, by and large, like, which is good. It's always scary though. Like, but when when you get into the game and it's it's like really fun. It's like chess because you know you're trying to battle all these things and it feels like you're you're the underdog in the matchup. So it's good. It's good. Um, but yeah, in terms of points, I think going back to what we were talking about. Um, it's been interesting coming way back from behind and it's not the first time I've like kind of towards the end sprinted for day two like I've done it before halfway through a season but this is definitely a a new landmark for sure but uh, there's a lot of memes from the Australians I'm sure you've seen there are a lot of memes and they were made pre-Milwaukee and then yeah the Apollo Antonono ice skating one was pretty epic all of those so it's been fun and hopefully I can continue it would be be a little bit of a shame if I started just like dropping the bag now but yeah. <laughs> we'll see well you're right there and and I think you know NAIC is going to be you know hit the threshold for 512 or whatever yeah to get yeah, 60 so. points so I mean that's my backup plan yeah I'm sitting at 310 Ooh. so this hopefully lock it up here I have no cup results though okay so you got plenty of got time yeah. yeah um so okay Part of this journey here to America is to see family, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's what's that entail? Let's get into Henry Brown. Sure. So I've got um, an uncle and an aunt and a cousin who live in uh, New Jersey. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go visit them. Uh, and then I've also got a cousin who lives in New York. So I'll split some time between there. Um, and I don't get to visit them a ton. Uh, but it's really easy to, like, you know, combine this yeah. little trip with some family visit, which is really nice. Um that's going to be good. They were all like watching the, the tournament and everything, and which is awesome. Um, and I think actually, a, a tangential note, um, my grandma, who is 92 now. Oh, wow. She's 92. So she, um, uh, I got her a Pokemon hat from one of the tournaments years ago, and she still wears it. And stuff. So <laughs> she's, she's a big fan, but um, one of my biggest supporters. But she told me before I left the US, as so she goes, um, she's, she's 92. She's all the wits about her. She's very eloquent and, and speaks very almost like she's the queen um and she said henry good luck have fun work hard and you remember bring home a bag of money <laughs> <laughs> and uh she's really says it and she's multiple times every time i see her and not from forgetfulness just to really emphasize the point so she heard um she heard that i did well in the yeah. recent tournament she goes she goes to my mom and she says good he's listened to what i told him <laughs> So, and she knows how the whole thing works. Like, you know, you can't always win and everything. Yeah. But 
but it's uh, it's <laughs> nice to have done good by my grandma, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, that you can't teach that wisdom. No, you know, it's good. Money. That's good amazing. Advice. Ninety-two, huh? Yeah. Um, so New York, New Jersey. How you've been to the states a few times? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you won a world championship um, here. How many how many events have you been to before that here? Uh, I went to Worlds in Washington in 2014, and then I went to as a senior, and then I went to Worlds in 2019. But just before that, I went to NAIC um, in glorious Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, and I did actually pretty terribly. I had like a really rough run. I played the exact same 60 as Stefan, um, who won the whole event. It was um, the Ganadol, which I came up, which ended up being really cool. Yeah. Uh, it was a sick deck. But I did, I did abysmally. It was like, I, I don't know, for anyone who's listening who understands what these words mean if you're a newer player, but I played against Persephalon and I was playing Jugong. And so you just like beat the matchups super easy. Game one, I prized both of my Jugong. Game three, I prized both of my Jugong. <laughs> and yeah. so I lost. And I was, it was round one, and I couldn't believe it. So that was a rough run. But other than that, no U.S. tournaments until Milwaukee. What do you think of the states? It's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot different to Australia, man. Everything is so much bigger. Your events, your milk cartons, yeah. your calories per everything. You know, it's it's a lot different. And I mean, just as a scale, it's like a completely different vibe. But you know what? This is a good topic. I've been staying in Santa Barbara for the last week. Okay. Um, which has been really nice. I'm staying yeah. with a student of mine, and What's weird there is that they have Australian trees planted everywhere. All these really? eucalypts or gum trees, yeah. And it constantly throws me off because every time I'm at, in Australia, you see the trees, they're Australian trees, you don't see them anywhere else, and so you know you're at home, you're just driving along. And then I see these trees in Santa Barbara and it's like giving me this false sense of security. I'm like, and there's all these trees and it's very cool. So if you guys ever go there and you see all those trees, they're from Australia. But it's a nice little pocket of the States there as well. Yeah, I was thinking um, in my research for this interview, obviously, uh, doing some deep dives. Of course. Uh, Australia's population is less than California. We're in California right now. Jeez. Santa Barbara, obviously home of the, the gum trees. Yeah. Now, thank you for those. <laughs> um, but so the size of Australia, and we're talking about your race, you only get four. But if you put it in population perspective, mm. that's one state in comparison to all of North America, and we yeah. get 16. Yeah. So is that that much to complain about? I'm not knocking on you, because your, your guys' talent, I think, yeah. is you know clearly top-notch. It's a really tricky one. I've been doing, putting a lot of thought into this recently. I think there's a big problem that that with this thing, and I guess it's not really something that they care too much about, but the problem is with the small number, is not necessarily in relation to population size, but when you've got four spots, it really disincentivizes you from working with your friends from your country. Sure. Because if you've got three friends in Australia you want to test with and you're really good, well, you're just going to be knocking each other out of points or top four. So you're encouraged to not work with each other. And I think that's pretty bad for like national pride when it comes to international events, when the like ICs are so important that I personally feel like, man, I really want to, with all my friends that I would in regionals or whatever at home or, or other things, but I'm actively in, like, I want my fellow countrymen to do poorly because it, it helps me out for the top yeah. four race. Whereas, you know, if you've got top eight or whatever, or even top six, you've got three friends, you can all make it pretty comfortably if you're all really good and you do well every time. But with the top four, it's, it's a little bit of a nightmare. Um, I think it's just a, it's a bit of pressure. And I mean, like, we don't have that many events, so you're, 
like if you spike then or you go to all the ICs which is a big thing because we don't have many that's another thing top four in our country get the travel award yeah. right to the ICs and top 16 get stipends but stipends don't even cover a quarter of the trip yeah. for us because it's so far and Melbourne at least me is, is equidistant from all three ICs so yeah. not one's not cheaper than the other really um, so it, think about it if you have top four get the full free trip right so they get to go and then how many day two world spots do we have? Just the four. So those you, four are so far ahead. Yeah. So you, the first four get the, to the first IC. They get some points. They probably get at least three of them. will probably get the travel award to the next IC. Maybe a regional winner might push one of them. But they get to there. They go to the next one. And then the next one. They're pretty far ahead. Well, those four people got day two. Whereas in the other countries, it's for day two invite 16. Right? So, all right. Well you get to the top four travel award and you keep snowballing there's still 12 spots left yeah so all of those things um i actually had an interesting suggestion where day two invites should potentially be thresholded rather than top x mm. and then the invite just goes to top x like, sure. sorry not the invite the the free trip free trip is um top x and then day two invite is thresholded so that people don't miss out because the whole point i think of the day two invite is to do with the caliber of player right and you can't just necessarily quantify that into a strict number like we you pick the top x but like how do you know that the difference between fourth and fifth is actually like noticeable what if fourth and fifth are the same caliber of player and then there's a big difference between five and six so like i think there should be some arbitrary threshold that they pick that is reasonable for them so that there isn't just like someone discriminated against by like four points or something right like your your countrymen is left out because of your family trip. Yeah. You know? Well, to be fair. Potentially. To be fair. Yeah. I didn't go to two of our regionals in the country. And you casted one, yeah. That was... So I think I'm going to the same amount of regionals as everyone else in the country. True. So it's the same, if not better for them, because I'm not there competing and knocking them out of points Yeah. in the first place, potentially. And, and they're missing this international, which you don't have a stipend for. No. So this is, you're paying for it. So, it is kind of pay-to-play, I guess. I mean, a I little guess. bit. A little bit. But I also could have got a travel award to the NAIC if I had played the regionals. Right. Or it's stipend, right? So, I think it's... I, I've tried to avoid um, getting myself a monetary advantage on other players in the um, race, let's say. Because there, like, there is a special event in Puerto Rico. I'm not, not going to go There's no way. <laughs> There's no way of going to that. But, you know, I'm still playing the same number of events. Yeah. I've looked at it. It's the people that are going, and this has been a topic recently, I guess, talking about that, you know, chase. It's in the middle of Puerto Rico. I've been to Puerto Rico. Yeah. It's not in San Juan. It, you're oh, going to get... the beach? No, you're going to get in and you're going to go to the absolute middle of the island <laughs> and play at a, at a game store. Sounds so, <laughs> you know, these people that are going are really hungry for it, I guess, you know. Yeah, I guess so. And is it is it just the... I guess the money, obviously. I mean, I'm I'm older and and have a, you know, solid job, and money's not ever really an issue for me. Mm. But it clearly is for a lot of these people, you know, your age, to you know, anyone else not as fortunate that I've I've been. Mm. So the money's a thing, but also that day two is so important. You know, yeah, how important it is to get the day two locked up as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird one. I think, like, I don't like on print... I don't... Look, 
I don't really mind traveling um, too much for like the larger events, like regionals and stuff like that. I don't think it's too much of a problem for people to go and come and go and whatever. What I think is unfortunate, and it is a part of the system if you lean into it, then that's fine. I don't think I can really blame anyone, but it feels bad when small countries like Puerto Rico or South Africa have their one or two events maybe that is a nice focus for the player base, which otherwise they wouldn't have, and you have people come and, I guess, take points, essentially. Like, here, in re US regionals, I don't feel too bad about it. There's 1,100 well, people at the event. And okay, we've been talking yeah. about region locking it, you know, <laughs> after after the results of last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't feel as bad. You guys got a ton of players, ton of events, Yeah. right? Ton of, like, 1,100 people huge thing and i think it's it's a cool like you know flagship event and i yeah. don't think it's too obviously lots of people come internationally for them and i've had a great time and i think it's good for the circuit in terms of competition but you know when, when somewhere like south africa gets maybe one event feels maybe we'd feel a little bit more guilty about that yeah I, well they get two two My they get two um i was fortunate enough to meet two south african players at euic cool and they were just the best yeah. and they were you know complaining like we're you know we we get a couple cups and we might not get our invites like and so this is good for them i guess but yeah. a lot of the world's been left out too still yeah. and you know it brings up bigger problems that we've seen with uh the pokemon company we're seeing it with uh korean vgc it, you know, I don't yeah. know how much you want to dig into any any of these issues. I'm not much of a VGC man, but yeah, it's not it great. looks so they're banned. Yeah, they're out. Yeah, for taking a stand. Ridiculous. So how much? Uh, I wanted to bring up um, TOs. Uh, it was a recent topic on sure. Azul stream, and he he tier list them. Um, you've been to a day two events regional. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was? Um, Worthy of S tier? I think it was awesome. Yeah. It was great. Ran really well. My only gripe was the lunch break was exceedingly long. What? I was going to say it was great that it was long. What? I'm in the zone, man. I don't want a lunch break. If you're going like, to do a lunch break, it's got to be long. You can't do the 40 minute lunch well, maybe break. Maybe I finished early, and that's why. But uh, my match early, I finished. I was yeah. sitting around for two hours. Did you go eat? Yeah. Well, no. Well, that's on I you. I don't, I'm in the zone. I don't really get hungry at Pokemon Talk. What, what was your record of the lunch break? Uh, what round was it? Uh, after four. Three one. Three, okay. One. Same. We could have been paired. Yeah. Yeah. I might have you. Yeah. I mean, I was just I like in the zone. I like keeping it going. I don't like yeah. the kind of break in momentum. But um, other than that, I thought the event was fantastic. It was great. There was a slight delay, not due to the organizers' fault, but due to the um, lost no mirror match that took about ten years off of my lifespan. Yeah, um, but uh, in top four, but yeah. Well, there was um, my my only complaints, and I thought it was great. I don't like when they're up the escalators and all that stuff, but that's you know out of their control. Mm. Um, the gnats at the top table on day one was super annoying. I don't know if you noticed those the little bugs flying around. No, I didn't see them. Oh man, very annoying. Um, and the other one was the the clock. They put a clock up, ah. but it was only on one side. Yeah, okay. that's pretty unfair. It was pretty bad. So I, when I was sitting on the other side, I would tell my opponent the time. Yeah, like because if, and this will bring us to another one, mm. cheating. If you turn your head for a second, somebody's slipping a boss back into their hand. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, I think that's 
that's the only probably gripe. That's a, that's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Um, I mean, the clock was very relevant. Um, I had a game that was unbelievable. This is probably the first time I've had to do this in all of my tournaments, but um, we were getting really down to the wire and I was winning game three against Lost Zone. Um, and I needed probably like, I needed maybe three more turns total. Uh, and my opponent's side of the place, though, I don't know whether it was intentional or not, but I knew that they knew when the round was up because they yeah. told me when the time would, would expire. And so I told them to watch for pace of play and they were still a bit slow. So I called the judge over just to watch the rest of the match. I didn't want them to get a penalty. I just wanted to make sure, you know, they played at a reasonable pace. Um, so the judge was watching. Uh, and then, you know, they ended the turn. It was a pretty long turn with save by damage. And I drew and I attacked in about one second flat. Yeah instantly and they drew for turn and then about five ten seconds later time got called and then i had two turns left to win and i was like why even for the turns before i'd been playing so fast yeah like lightning i was cutting corners and then um it's a big relief when time gets called and you have enough turns left to win um but you know i had to turn my head to look at the clock so (laughs) who knows what could happen could have have gone wrong yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been a problem it's been called out it's been caught but that's only on stream yeah um, there was somebody who was uh, disqualified at Milwaukee. Uh, apparently, I think it was for palming. At Milwaukee? Yeah. Oh. That was the holdup on one of the rounds on day two, I think. Right. I think it was day two. Sure. Um, and he showed no remorse for it. Really? So it's like, you know, how can you kick me out? Like, if that happened to you or me, a mistake, mm. I think we'd both be livid, right? Yeah. Like, well, that's... The issue is not the issue. I'm just pissed that you're kicking me out of the tournament like, yeah okay um so it's it's clearly happening still right. um any thought i mean we saw we saw the one on stream where he tilted the card up what do you yeah. what do you think about that those ones always weird me out because it makes me think like if you are cheating how dumb are you right right but i mean also at the same time like it looks incredibly dodgy but actually what what got me there was um the, the um, like Twit Longer or Google Doc or whatever that that guy posted was just so bizarre. It's yeah. Because like, he, he basically said, I didn't cheat, but my behavior is unacceptable and I can't, um, you know, I shouldn't be in the, I don't deserve a place in the community. It's like, well, if you didn't cheat, then you did nothing wrong. So what are you saying? I wonder if he did cheat because he, he talked about how the judge didn't shuffle it. So when you take your prize, mm. he, he, he fanned out the six we, and he posted the picture of it. Right. And the order was the exact same. So if, if he was aware of it enough to know the judge didn't shuffle it, take this prize, this prize, mm. this prize, this prize. I know the next prize is this because they're in order. Yeah. And maybe that's when he caught it. Because I don't think at that angle you could see the card. So maybe... I don't know. I think it's very weird to like say that you're innocent, but then also... like say that your behavior is wrong it's like you're almost admitting to something that you're trying to deny yeah in your language like your your like language the actual words things you're saying is saying one thing but the way you're saying it is saying right. another right yeah. so it's a very weird thing in that sense but other than that I mean there's there's been a lot of stuff lately um, obviously they seem to be going largely unpunished but I don't know how long it'll take for ban lists or whether it would happen or not um, I think that I mean this is only going to be the tip of the iceberg. I think that the Which, really yeah. and the really intelligent cheaters are not going to get caught, unfortunately, because it's it's just like the way they would do it would be 
too plausibly deniable. Yeah. Um, and or against people who aren't going to call them out on it or newer players. And cheating is not to be, people don't cheat to beat everyone. People cheat to get screwed over by bad variants slightly less. And they're you know on the deeper level they're making up for something missing in their own life. You know that's yeah. a that's a part of the ethics and morals. Like I've been I've been telling the boys, I would love to cheat. It seems so easy, mm. but there is just part of me that could never do it. You know, there's just it. It would feel I I wouldn't be able to live with it. I couldn't do it in the moment. It's just how do you not have that sort of, you know, responsibility in yourself? And that's part of the problem. We're dealing with a wide age range and mm. demographics, and you know, people want to get that edge. Yeah, and I think it it really comes down, and and I'm, you know, I'm going to be super honest here. Like the way that the mindset is. And it's because, obviously, it is to a degree, like, tempting in the moment, right? I've had plenty of times to be like, man, I'm drawing so bad. I look through my deck, and I'd be like, right now, I could put a boss on. I could put on the top. Yep. It's so easy. My, like, you know, you could think, my opponent hasn't been cutting over and over. And, and this is more of a point of, like, point of concept that you, it's so easily done. Yeah. I'm like, like, no, of course, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to do that. But, man, I'm drawing so bad, and my opponent's making all these mistakes, and I'm going to lose, and... I don't deserve to lose and that's the mindset. Yeah, that's yeah. the cheating mindset of well, I'm better than, I know like I'm you know I know I'm better than my opponent. I deserve to win. I'm getting unlucky. It's morally acceptable if I do this. Of course it's not. But that's the kind of thought pattern that people go through um, when they you know when they go to this and it's like therefore it's completely justified and so they don't feel any remorse because they don't feel like they've done anything wrong. And there's really no consequence. No. Because you're going to lose the game anyways, and that's probably an important game, so you're out of the tournament. If you get DQ'd, what's the difference? Yeah. You come back next week. I mean, it's <laughs> a pretty good deal. Like, getting DQ'd is a pretty big deal, especially typically the people that I would be talking about would be high enough profile players sure. to not want the image hit in the first place. But, I mean, it's, I mean, that's the mentality that goes into it, for sure. Like, 100% that's what goes into it, because, like, I've lost a bad variance and it sucks. You know, especially if your opponent's not playing great, you feel pretty bad. But, you know, I think it's, it's like very few people would be without temptation. It's about how you actually react to that and what you, you act in response to that stimulus. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, we don't know any other information other than I had a few friends that were standing by the judges' table listening to what was going on. Mm. So it's all hearsay, I guess. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the fact that it still goes on and I'm glad that they're catching people, at least. That's the, the good thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's like on stream, which just means you're really dumb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah for sure. Like the stacking on at the SP and was yeah. so bad. The yeah. fist bump. I, 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 wanted, I want to fist bump just uh, in the middle <laughs> of the game <laughs> to throw somebody off now. Like, wait, yeah. is he stacking? <laughs> like, call a judge, let him watch. Yeah. I don't know. I could never do it. I could never do it. Yeah. I just, I, how would I feel, how would I feel accomplished afterwards? Right. How could I possibly be like, yeah, I deserve, like, how could you possibly think that? But, it might, it might get a little worse too with NAIC coming up. Yeah. People's invites. Very true. Could be worse. You know, people are desperate to go to Japan, which is expensive. How, how, uh, how much is it from Australia? A whole lot cheaper than going anywhere else. It's got to be about, right. 
want to say you can get a good flight for about a thousand AUD. Okay. Bit less, bit more, depending. Yeah. Pretty good. It's about eight hundred US. So. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's really great. Not bad. I I don't want to tell you what I paid. <laughs> I bought it. I haven't even qualified. I bought it last night. Yeah. It cost, <laughs> it's it cost a lot me, more than that. <laughs> cost me uh twenty five hundred US to come to the US. Okay, that's not bad. About that. Bit that's, more maybe. That's what I was looking at for OCIC. Yeah. I couldn't go because time of the year, but yeah. I mean, you um, say it's not bad. It's a fair bit of money. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. But that, like, compare, yeah. like, that's what it is more, to go yeah. to Australia and back. Yeah. But, um, and that, but that was to, to the East Coast. Uh, that's to Columbus return. To Columbus. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's even worse. And that's part of my big gripes with TPCI is why are we having our internationals in Columbus in the first place? Affordable, I guess, for them. For them. Yeah. How about Chicago? Yeah. Cheap flight for you, cheaper flight for you. Much Denver, cheaper. Dallas, any international airport. Yeah, you know we're, you know, keeping the international part of it. You know we're 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 leaving that out. Like let's sh- and showcase what we have to offer. We're here sitting here in Fresno recording right now. Yeah, I mean the weather's been awesome. The weather's been great, nice. nice and warm. But I've escaped winter and back home. Yeah, it, uh, I looked up the weather. It's it's only like sixty degrees though. That's not winter. Nah, it's winter. It's winter. It's cold. It's does rainy. It's does, gross. It doesn't snow? Does it snow? Nah. No, yeah. It okay. Snow. You can yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be right. Um, and that brings up another issue with um, the Pokemon company. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just hop into it. Um, live. It's big sure. live week. The official launch. It is. How fun. Pretty cool. Yeah. So you said... You test with Limitless. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the reason I test with Limitless is not necessarily a live thing. And it's more to do with the fact that I test against myself in early stages. Um, because it's, well, one, um, I trust my opponent. Um, yeah. Two, <laughs> I, get to, uh, I get to understand how the matchups play out a little bit more. Um, by seeing both sides, I get to understand a little bit more the card advantage and how it flows and what's reasonable for each side to be able to do it at different points. But also, it's so fast. Yeah. And the reason the Limitless is so sick is I used to play against myself just like two TCGO accounts. Or, oh, really? Or like, yeah, sometimes. Um, I've been playing live. In, I, I build the decks out. Yeah. I play, I, I have like a table set up in the middle of one of my extra rooms. Yeah. And I'll get up and move to the other side and I'll just leave the hand out. That's what I did for the longest time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's good. It's good fun. It's good practice. But tabletop, I've got two monitors. I get two browser tabs open. I can play a whole game in five minutes with the hotkeys once you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. It's lightning. It's so good, honestly. Robin is a genius. But, um, I mean, that works for me. But live, it scratches that itch when you want to play against someone online. And I haven't encountered a ton of bugs, but I've been hearing some really shocking things. But... On the flip side, if they fix those bugs, um, the card acquisition is fantastic. Like, I can get all the cards I need really quick. I don't know. Is it, though? Because you still well, you still have to get credits. For someone with a whole lot of credits, it's pretty good. Right. It's yeah. easy if you have credits. But if you think of the free-to-play model, mm. and they give you two of something when you need four. Yeah. So you're chasing two things, that, and now you're basically stuck on that. Because it's, it's expensive but, to get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think it still, you know, incentivizes buying packs, right? Yeah, it does. Like, you just have to buy packs. I guess so. I mean, that's the, that's the whole business model at the end of the day. But, the but is it? Those is... are third-party sites. I don't know. 
nobody's going out to the store and buying every single off off the Walmart you know shelf to crack open for packs. No. Um, look, I'm not too sure on that one. Um, I think that live in general, I do probably enjoy a little bit less than TCGO in terms of just the way the game flows. Um, I've definitely played less than I used to play TCGO for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just a little bit slower and a bit clunkier. I think some things look nice, but a lot overall, it feels a little bit over, a bit bloated. Maybe I think is a good way to put it. But I mean, I like my limitless. It's not too bad. Yeah. I'm just kind of solitaire a bunch, but I think it's uh, it's unfortunate how it's eventuated because when it was first revealed, I was like, this is sick. Yeah. Like, this is pretty cool. I was like going to try and organize a. I thought it was coming out much sooner than it was, but. I was going to try and organize some kind of like Twitch Rivals thing or something for a bunch of like famous Twitch streamers and like sure. get them to, to play live and I, you know, coach them and stuff. But then it just didn't come out for ages. And now all, all the hype died around it. Like the streamers don't care. Like people who don't really play Pokemon but like it uh, just lost interest. The momentum died for it. And it, the end result was really just not. It's rough for the, the state of the game. Yeah. Like it just feels like all this momentum that's been building from covid and mm. post-covid like we're seeing record numbers at every event yeah is just stymied by uninterest in playing you know okay think of naic the only results we're going to get to see are going to be a few smaller you know 60 maybe a, a late night or something mm. a couple hundred person event and the sp in puerto rico yeah so nobody's gonna be playing online everyone's test like we've been doing um webcam testing and stuff like that like it's mm. it's just so sad because it feels like the game was about to explode you know and be huge I think, I think it still has but i get what you mean i thought those live was gonna bring a whole bunch of people in but i think it's done i don't think it's pushed anyone out but it's definitely not had the growth factor um although personally i do kind of enjoy a little bit when there's not a massive amount of you know information available for decks i think it's cool because I, I said this, on another, I said this on another video but I had that damn Gardevoir Reversal Mewtwo yeah. deck written out in my notepad before it was played in Japan and now it's all released. And There is a Japanese national starting in about three hours. No, it's like right now. Yeah. It's going right now. So there's that. Oh, is it on right now? Yeah. Cool. So there's that we can tune into. We can watch that tonight. Um, as I check my watch to make sure I can submit my list in time before. That's the other problem. We can go back to the TOs. That's a huge issue. I put mine in already just <laughs> yeah, okay. to be safe. Sure. But like now, like we're we're doing this, we should be, you know, kind of hammering out maybe that one extra card that we wanted to include. But we mm. we're li- <laughs> we have four hours left. Nah, that's right. <laughs> well, I know you're fine. Yeah, you see, you saw me sweating over here a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a bit weird. We want we had oh, I almost teed off. We had in Australia the first regional back after COVID, and thankfully it was changed since it was the first time they'd used RK9. We used to just do paper. And we had to submit yeah. our deck. How many hours in advance do you think? Guess. Uh, two days. 24 hours. 24. So not quite two days. But still, I hadn't even left my house yet. Though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think part of the atmosphere and part of the vibe is getting here. And also, you got to understand that people have to t- take time off of work to come to a regional. All right. Or, or whatever event. It's unreasonable if they're going to take probably the Friday off. Or, or so, at least half the Friday to travel here. And then they're going to take... The weekend off, well, not the weekend, like, they're done, but it's going to take Maybe them, the weekend. Yeah, maybe. It might work. Or, like, they might have a whole lot of other things they have to do in their personal life to take care of while they're going to be away, all right? So, part of that time then gets dedicated to when you get to the venue, you test that night, 
you get some final things sorted that maybe you hadn't had the chance to iron out beforehand, and then you get yourself ready, you labor a little bit, you double check in the morning, you submit your list, and then you play the tournament. Yep. Right? Now, maybe go get that last card you need at the vendor. Yeah, you know? exactly. Or maybe you know you talk. I think to take that last few hours away from players is completely unnecessary, regardless of if it is like the fact is that it shouldn't do anything to their event management. And it clearly doesn't because no other event does this, right. right? So why do they need feel the need to take it away from players? I see people say, oh, we shouldn't be laboring over to the last minute anyway. You shouldn't make last minute decisions. It's just like an assignment. No, it's not. That, because it makes no difference if you submit it in the morning or not. Right. Just, why would you not give the players the several hours agency more to live their best life? Yeah. If they want to stay up all night testing and then be un- have no rest for the tournament, good on them. And their only explanation at the time was uh, to not confuse sending out alerts <laughs> for Go and, and VGC when that came back. That's great. Fine. That one event. Yeah. They've had errors. They've had, they, we had reseeding at um, Salt Lake City, the first regional back. We had reseeding, I think, at Vic- Vancouver. So mm. they aren't, obviously, not a good TO. That's fine. Mm. Um, but that was their excuse. Okay, so you, you've figured it out. Send the tweet out. That's fine. So anyways, at Vancouver this year, and I'll tell the story again because I think people need to hear it. The, one of the TOs, one of the main TOs, he's on the website. I don't know the name because they don't specify which is which. Uh, somebody, another red-shirted, you know, head judge or whatever they are, asked him, you know, what, I overheard this. And they go, what, what do you think all these players complaining about, you know, the deckless submission and all this stuff? And he goes, well, they can deal with it. And that was, just threw it off. Like, Sick. Cool. That's awesome. Well, good for you. Like, what does it change your, as a, as a TO and running the organization, what does that matter to you? Yeah, right? What doesn't. difference does it make? RK9 handles it. Yeah. So it's so frustrating that they don't care. And I, I wouldn't, um, you know, I'm glad this is coming out after because, you know, maybe the judges look a little harder on you. Yeah. If you, if you talk about them right. a little bit, yeah, I, don't, yeah, sure. I don't want that. So I'm glad <laughs> this is the last event. But, like, they, they need to be either, and that goes back to TPCI not really caring about us. They just, you know, see us as as dollar signs, but mm. um, to find a replacement, I know there's plenty of people in, that could run events mm. and take that place. Yeah. I know I know you have much bigger issues with your uh, regionals. You got displaced by mm. the Great British Bake Off, or what was oh, that yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's, uh, I mean, that was unfortunate that the ASL managed to like- How does that happen? Couldn't, I don't know. They. I don't know if there was a bake-off or whatever, but they didn't manage to keep their initial contract time. Oh. So ended up being a pretty bad reschedule. Yeah. Um, so that sucked. But I mean, I think, like, I just can't understand this deckless submission time over here. But hey, we're going to do it and we're going to see how it goes tomorrow. But Yeah, well, we've got, uh, we've got some time. Let's see if i got anything else here. Uh, what sleeves do you play? Man, this is a good one. I am... Um... I was almost always like just like as loyal as you can get to anything non-glare, okay. non-gloss. I'll be playing them, but I can't seem to find a pack of non-gloss sleeves to save my life. Really? No matter what, I don't really like the Dragon Shield non-gloss that much. But I just I just want a pack of like shitty Ultra Pros. Sure. I'll just like 
I'll trash him after the event. No worries. Chuck straight in the bin. Not very good for the environment, but that's what I want to do. Can't find him at all. So really? I've, been, I've been using um, Ivory Dragon Shields at the last event, and I'll probably use him again today. Oh, tomorrow. Okay. Um, how often do you change your sleeves? Um, if I'm using the like the non-glare stuff, I'd like change them every single like, second or something, because like they last so like little time. They're pretty cheap, but yeah. they're not longevity, right? They they kind of curve and like not curve, but they get some bad corners or like the they get really dirty really quick. Oh the yeah, non-glare stuff like they just rack up dirt like nobody's business. Um, and I wash my hands. I so, yeah, I do too. My hands are like they get like just paper like mache type like yeah. flaky because i'm washing oh, them yeah, every time sure. and then you hand it over to your opponent to look at it <laughs> like oh no so <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know they're, they're all right but i've changed like between tournaments for this one yeah but i don't usually change my sleeves unless i'm going into a tournament okay did you uh you change day one day two not the whole thing just um i just sort of threw them looked for any dented corners swapped them over okay and make sure everything was all above board I do the whole thing. Yeah. Because I, I like keeping uh, all the used ones to sure, sleeve yeah. everything else with. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Um, I'm usually too lazy. <laughs> how do you get your cards? Um, I usually try and buy them in person, but I'm probably going to have to order some Paldea stuff uh, to make a spoke family's house. Used to um, get some from like a local store, but there's not that many that have them nowadays. So I'm trying to just like, I guess now I'll probably order them in, but... It's probably a good time while you're here. Yeah. You know, because we get... Yeah. yeah, we don't have TNT. We don't have uh, TCG Player. Yeah. None of that we can order from. So best time would be now, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Vendors has been cool, though, because I really like playing... Um, This is actually a fun thing to talk about. I'm firmly of the belief that playing full art supporters gives you at least a tiny bit percentage uh, like increase in prize checking. Oh, absolutely. Just, you just can't argue against it. It's fine if you don't want to spend the money. But... For me, where I like really want to like, if I'm playing a tournament, I want to give myself the best chance to do well. And for me, that's spending 200 bucks extra on fallouts. Yeah. And this is this and is what I'm doing. This is going into Iona format. <laughs> yeah. Like this is what I want to do. Yeah. Right. This is I'm playing a tournament. I'm taking it seriously. And if I'm doing something to do it properly, and the way that I can see that is to make sure I can price check the most efficiently. And right. For me, that's fallouts. It might not be for everyone. But also, it's just like the most contrasting cards you can get. Um, normally, that would be playing the regular blue Matafi, but unfortunately, the full art one looks really it's nice. so good. So, I'm broken from my tradition there. But for me, it's something where like I feel like I can help myself make a tiny few less errors. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I guess, put the effort in like I'm trying to do something at the top of my game. Yeah. So, a back-to-back back would be... would <laughs> be pretty crazy. It'd be epic. But I mean, two hundred bucks is two hundred bucks. Not everyone can afford that thing right. to play. But when I'm trying to play at a, I guess, professional level, like this is a job I coach. I yeah. Other things, um, it's part of like a, it's a business expense. Yeah. 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 True. Uh, you're. We can shout out your coaching right now. Actually, let's talk about that for a second, real sure. quick. You're. I've heard from the other podcast. You're not really open until after NAIC, but you do do coaching. Yeah. Um, I have gotten coaching from you one time. I won the. Uh, you did too I, I gave won, away a free coaching I session won, on my stream that's right yep and I've also got coaching from Tord mm. um, and not to give away too much of the secrets of the coaching because obviously you guys if you want coaching go out and get it mm. um, but your discussion with me is about prize mapping mm-hmm. and Tord's was more about um, sort of the mental state of how you play the game 
so if you had one tip to give people, what would that be? One tip? How am I meant to pick one tip? Henry's free coaching <laughs> nugget of the day. That's hard, man, because usually coaching, you're trying to, like, I think the best thing about coaching is, like, when you don't know what you need to work on, someone can help. Because if you know exactly, if you know you need practice playing Gardevoir against Lost Zone, well, there's probably hundreds of videos you can watch. Yeah. Sure, a coach will make it, like, really nice and concise in an hour and, like, give it a good way to, to do it. And it's, a, it's still really valuable. But the absolute best thing is when you don't know how to improve, you don't know how to get over the, the hill, and someone can sit down with you, figure that out for you, and give you an actual like plan to improve. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the best way. So it's hard to pick one exact thing. I'm trying to think now. Um, we talked about prize checking. Yeah, I mean, prize checking is okay. It's a thing. There is one cool thing that I think I haven't seen many people do otherwise, other than me. And what I think is really good is actually playing games with your prizes face up. I tell people to do this because it's one thing to practice the action of prize checking, but that information means jack all right. if you don't know how to use it. So you need to know how to use the information of what's actually prized. That's smart. So you can wait until you search your deck the first time and flip the prizes. Yeah. And when you take them, you know, take them randomly. Right. But it means whenever you play the game, you're using that information, you're getting used to thinking in that way. And the common thing is like, I might, um, you don't always have to check all six at the start. And often you'll see me, like, if you see on stream, like, I'll recheck prizes frequently because sure. let's say I'm taking a prize and I really need to draw a supporter if I'm going to go for a greedy play, right? I have Luminion on in hand. I could, draw, I could go for a draw supporter or, or a boss, right? I have three draw supporters in my prizes, all right? I'm going to go for the boss because yeah, I've yeah. got 50-50 out of six to hit the, the, the prizes. Like, you use it as a resource. Yeah. That's why the Schultz brothers played town map for so long. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so using the actual... Like, Practicing using it rather than just getting it is a big deal. And I tell people, I often say, I'm not going to remind you to prize check a lot of the time because that's got nothing to do with me. You don't need someone to tell you to, how to prize check. You can do that, especially when, when people have been playing for a bit. Um, I need you to be doing that because that's not what I'm here for. Right? Yeah. You can do that in your own time, practice checking. I'm here to help you actually practice using that information because like... That's what you actually need to be taught. Just fundamentals. Know yeah. your list. You know, yeah. know what prioritize, what to check first. You know, you don't need all six. Of, you, know, you don't need to take five minutes because yeah. that's really annoying. But also, you, you know, you can practice that like in your own time. Practice I did it with, um, yeah. I took like energies, like 10 of each energy mm. and would just shuffle them up and, and put six away. That's cool. And then kind of just to, you know, kind of, that's how yeah. I started doing it. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I practice shuffle because I hadn't played IRL really. So, yeah, okay. uh, you know, a lot of people, especially coming out of um, the COVID stuff, uh, you play somebody and this is their first regional. Yeah. You're like, congrats. This is awesome. It is pretty cool. Yeah. I played it. My um, round one opponent was, it was their first regional. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. Can and you, yeah. get play, uh, <laughs> you get to play me. <laughs> my, my deepest apologies. <laughs> but it's, you know, good to see you. So, um, yeah, my, my opponent was like, um, there was a lot going on at the hall and they were pretty distracted and I'm, the first regional I, I said to him like there's a lot going on like around so if you like get distracted and you don't know what i did just please ask me yeah i'll explain clearly so that you know everything's about board but that was a good experience but as far as the tips go i think that's a cool thing to try is practicing using the information rather than just yeah like practicing getting it because people tell you to prize check but it what does it do for you yeah. yeah you have to know how to use it although you know as i'm playing lugia tomorrow as i know you're 
totally against <laughs> in principle. I'm not against it. I think like it's a it's got a, it's a good deck with good matchups. I just don't enjoy playing it. Yeah. So. Oh, it's I I'm playing uh, coin flip for my invite. Oh, yeah. Essentially, you know, like, <laughs> nice. it's uh, I I ID'd with uh, Mike Fouché in round oh, nice. seven because we were in game three of Lou Gimmier. It's like <laughs> both games were just. Yeah. Do we really want to flip for it? You know, it's like yeah, now let's yeah. take our point. We can we can each win a game. Yeah. Um, but I'm playing two Burnett. Cool. Because when I when I prize checked, it was always like the energy first, mm-hmm. and I should always check Burnett because Burnett's so important. It so is. at least I just know my hierarchy and I I'll figure everything out yeah. later. Good call. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I'm telling you these things. Makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, it's good. Um, I don't think I have any like specific things that I can think of off the top of my head. I I think I've actually learned a lot from coaching over the like years, like myself in terms of, like the way I think about it. It's much more structured and I have like more better groupings and terms for things in my head than I did before. Yeah. Um, in terms of that. So I, th- I think it's, it's done me a great service doing it in the first place and I've gotten much better at it over the years to where I'm pretty happy um, in terms of how good I am at like actually teaching people the, the game. I mean, I've done it I'd done it before I actually started coaching. I had done it in terms of I got two friends in the game, into the game, and they from not from Pokemon, um, and I would just play with them all the time. And I taught them how to play from the yeah. ground up. And my friend got his invite in the first season. Oh wow! He played, which was sick. And one of the reasons we would just play Zoroark mirrors over and over. And oh over god! And over. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So anyway, moral of the story. I, I like. I feel like coaching is pretty cool. Yeah. At least for me, it's done me a good service in my own. Yeah, anyway. unfortunately, you're not available till after NAIC. I think I, I, I'm going to have a few spare sessions, but it's just a little bit chaotic, so I can't just... I have a calendar service, but I don't just... I'm not, I can't leave it open at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's going to be just by, like, expression of interest only. Because well, you're here, you know, that's that's got to be sense. tough. When and I want to be focusing on, like, testing and right. all that stuff, so... How do yeah. you start testing? Like, do you just pick the deck that you, th- I, you... You've said you like to watch the Japanese list, so do I. Mm. And I just have folders of, of lists. Yeah. And it's like, what looks the coolest? And you just start there? Or do you think, like, actually, what's the meta? We're going to yeah. see the Japanese stuff tonight, so we'll have, uh, you know, more... Me- I, wish I, I wish I saved every time they print the meta out, because you remember what the top deck was played, but I, yeah. I wish I'd saved all those so you can go back and see how it translates to... You know, Western sort of, you know. Yeah. Um, I've just kind of been doing that. Uh, I like to try and think, come up with my own stuff as well. So I think there's a lot of cards that are underlooked. Got some pretty cool cool ideas floating around. I don't know how, like, they're going to eventuate. I got one that is the classic, like, man, this deck is literally insane if I don't pair a single Lost Box or Tournament. Mm. Like, I feel like I would just go 18-0. Really? Yeah. But I've also played, like... 20 games against Lost Zone and I've lost 19 of them so yeah um, <laughs> you know um, so that's a bit scary but I don't know I'm trying to like come up with some cool new things do you just write stuff things. off like say like I'm nah, not gonna test try everything yeah whatever I don't know the names of the I, know. I tried Ting Lu pretty early Ting on. Lu yeah I wrote it off as soon as I actually understood why it was bad yeah um, and then other things are pretty good I'm just trying to figure out the best way to do things like for example, I tested a lot of Chen Power lists. My default is to make make things as consistent as possible and like play on their inherent strengths. So I started with Chen Power. I had like some cool, very like consistent lists. Problem is too linear. So yeah. then you have to try and think of a way to keep it consistent, but also increase the flexibility or the power level of it. 
and that's the tricky part. Yeah, and that that comes in like you have too many cards. You know, you yeah. you don't have a lot of wiggle room because it takes a lot of cards just to, you know, rare candies and stage twos and all yeah, that stuff. That's for sure. Which is unfortunate because those some of those ideas are really cool. Yeah, and I'm sure somebody will figure it out. It's probably going to be you. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think people are already people are already getting onto. I won't um I won't talk about it too too clearly. People are getting onto how I think Chen Pao should be played. I have a way that it's. I want to play it. Yeah. We can talk about it offline. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see about that one. But yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's something we'd talked about for a while and. You don't see it. And uh, another thing, like I came up with an idea. Mm. Uh, me and uh, Locke came up with an idea. And then you see it like a week later in the it Japanese results. Like, yeah. Dang it. Yeah. It's out there now. I know. <laughs> I'm like, this is such a good idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your reversal, aren't you? I mean, that's, you got to know that's going to be popular, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, and every Japanese list has Luxray in it, too. If you play reversal, I mean, they play Luxray. Yeah. That card is sick. It hits great weakness on everything. It's weak- it just hits good It's damage. 180 on anything? Like, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's a great card. It's a good card. How, do like you f- it. how do you find it? It's cool, man. How do you find it, though? You have to play an Ultra Ball? Yeah, just Ultra Ball for it. Yeah. yeah. You can use uh, some cool stuff. Ultra Ball for it, yeah. Draw into it. All right, well, let's get out of here. Um, you tweet. I was going to go through your Twitter thoughts of Paldea um, sure. and see how they hold, held up. They, I think they were on like May 1st. Yeah. Uh, but we can save that for another time. Sure. Um, well, it's great having you. Do you want to shout out your Twitter? And we've talked about your coaching already. Yeah. I mean, I don't like <laughs> I don't like talking about it too much. I've, I've actually never posted about it on Twitter. Not even once. Yeah. I feel proud, pretty proud about that. And I'm really going to keep it that way. But um, if you want to get coaching... I'll help you out. Um, can help you play some Pokemon cards a little bit better. But other than that, I tweet some funny stuff every now and then. You can go there. Um, I stream once in a while. You can do that. Otherwise, please, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy any future games I play on stream. Yeah, I miss your streams. <laughs> Those were, like, the timing was perfect. It was in the morning. Yeah. And, like, so I can have it up and, and work and, you know. Um, so we'd like to see you back streaming some more. But I had, to, I had to cancel my sub. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. I'll have to get back on it. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been uh, the Lake of Rage podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to like, 